Family, uh, let's just pray before we receive the word. Father, we thank you. We yield this time to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. We open our hearts to receive your active word. It's like a sword, a two-edged sword. Let it pierce through our hearts. Let our hearts be soft. Let our hearts be good ground to receive the seeds of your word. Let it not be my words that speak. Let me honor the house and honor pastor and the mantle that he's left. And Lord God, let uh, your Holy Spirit minister in this time in power and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Family, I want to let you in on a a little secret uh, me and my wife have when we uh, we travel. Uh, My wife, Becky, we we play paper, rock, scissors to see who's going to hold the wildest kid. We, uh, we got one of our twins, uh, maybe I won't say her name uh, because uh, I don't want to call her out like that. But one of our twins is the more rambunctious one. She's the more rowdy one. She's the one that wants to see everybody and be with everybody and, and jump up and down and arch your back back and fight the sleep like there's no tomorrow. So me and my wife, we like draw straws and we, we sit before the flight and we kind of get that nervous look in our eyes before the flight's about to take off. And we just had one of those, actually. And it was chaos. And I got the second leg of the trip. We had two legs. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, and it's just, she starts screaming. And, you know, but, you know there was mixes. And then, then all, you're bothering all the peace of all the people next to you. Then, they make, then, then, they make some, then you start smelling something. And my 6'9 frame doesn't do too well in those, air, air, those airplane bathrooms. You know, trying to change a diaper and, you know, doing some yoga before I go in, right? And, uh, and don't you know that that's just a funny way of saying that there's a lot of chaos in our life. That's just a funny picture to say that sometimes in life, something that has been ministering to me lately is I need to tap into some peace. I need to tap into some peace in the middle of chaos. Independent of the circumstance, I need to be someone that exhibits and carries and walks in the peace of Jesus Christ. Because don't you know there's chaos all around? There's pressure. Think about the people in your life that you look up to as people with peace. They have a certain way they walk. They have a certain way they talk. You know, I've done, I've had the fortune or or whatever you want to say of, of ministering at a lot of funerals and one of the things I recognize when people talk about the loved one they lost is they they talk about the peace they've lost because they look to that person as a source of peace those of you who like sports you know that in crunch time you want the ball in someone's hands who's not going to be shaking in their boots you want the ball in someone's hands who's going to have peace at the free throw line who's not going to be shaking who's been there before, who knows who they are and what they can bring, right? And that's the world's peace. How much more us as Christians? You know, there's an epidemic of a lack of peace going on. People are so busy. People are so strung out in life and stretched thin and tired and, 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 and just chaos everywhere. See, what is peace? Peace, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is a state of tranquility or quiet. You know, I would have liked some of that on the plane. (laughs) Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Freedom. Isn't that a powerful one? 
freedom from oppressive thoughts, Amen. emotions, disquieting ones. Harmony in personal relations. Harmony in your personal relations. A state or period of mutual concord between governments. Whose government are we under? We're under the government of Christ Jesus. A pact or agreement and hostilities. Or it can be interjectionally to ask for silence or calm, like a greeting. Hey, peace. Hey, peace. Let's, let's have some peace. Let's, let's operate. Let's flow in some peace. You know, all of those things put point to the inverse of those things. You can look at the other side of that. People that are full of conflict in their emotions, in their, in their thoughts, bombarded by thoughts, and they can't sleep at night. In one study, more than half of the people reported having trouble sleeping during the, the last couple of years. The outbreak contributed to a sharp increase in anxiety, depression, alcohol, drug abuse, domestic violence, attempted suicide. There's been a pandemic of fear, a pandemic of panic, hysteria, a pandemic of blame. And everywhere you look, there's peace doctors and, and remedies and formulas and, and people trying to ascribe the best way to get peace. Coping mechanisms. People got coping mechanisms. We see it all the time. They're bombarded on every side. And so the good news, the good news is that peace is a person. And he wants us to have it. He wants us to have it, not just, not just in one area of our life. He wants us to have it in every way. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says this, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Always and in every way. Always and in every way. Family, I didn't see Jesus getting all uptight about stuff. I didn't see him getting out of peace. I didn't see him rushed. You know, people carry themselves. They got some peace. They don't have to talk all the time. They can have some of that silence because they have the authority. They know the authority that they stand under. So how much more us, family, if we look to these people around us that have some measure of peace, how much more us who we inherit our peace from Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm going to ask you today, what is your peace in? Is your peace in the conditions and the circumstances being aligned or right? Or is your peace in the person of Jesus? You see, there's this cool story in the book of John in chapter 20. And we can start back uh, where it says Mary Magdalene. She came. See, Jesus has just been crucified. He's uh, been in the, in the tomb. And Mary Magdalene comes and she recognizes that he's not there. And she's weeping. And then Jesus appears to her. It says, um, I think it's verse 18 or 17. If we could put it up there in chapter 20, John chapter 20 and verse. Yeah, it says, Mary Magdalene in verse 18 found the disciples. So Jesus has come to her and said, hey, I'm here. I'm resurrected. You know, I'm not resurrected. I've not gone to the Father yet, but I'm alive. I'm well. Go tell the disciples. 
Go tell the disciples. So she goes and she tells the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she gave this message. Then she gave him his message. His message was that he was there. He was, al he was alive and well. And it continues on. It says, that Sunday evening, in the New Living Translation, that Sunday evening, which Sunday evening? The same Sunday evening that Mary Magdalene had told him all this stuff that he was alive. What does it say about the disciples were doing? They were sitting behind locked doors. One of the translations says they were behind barred doors because they were afraid. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. What's their state, family? Let's, let's put ourselves in their position. Now, here, here's the cool part. Jesus has already told Mary Magdalene, and Jesus already told her to tell them. And that same day, they're still locked up. They've heard her testimony, her account, but they're back behind the locked doors. I think their faith is on that, that padlock, right? Their faith is on those bars. I've rented a few properties and, and they all want, a lot of people want the bars to keep the bad people out, to keep the perpetrators out. And a lot of people have got faith on those bars and they've heard that he's alive and they're in this room, they're afraid of the Jewish leaders. You see, their whole life, their, their whole last three years, they've been walking with Jesus. They've been seeing his miracles, they've been seeing the power, they've been seeing the dynamic. They've been hearing his promises and he's been foretelling of what's gonna happen. But here they are, they're, they're hovering behind barred doors. Can you relate to that sometimes? Can you relate to that? I can relate to that sometimes. Sometimes I'm, I'm behind barred doors. I'm not moving out. I'm not pursuing my destiny. I'm not doing what Jesus has called me to do. Why? Because I'm scared of this or afraid of that. Or, uh, what's it going to be like? What's it gonna, how's it going to come off? No. They're huddled. These guys have been with Jesus. They've seen it all. They've seen the miracles. And they're in fear. They're in anxiety. They're, they're not in a state of peace, family. Yeah. And then it says, that Sunday evening, he goes on to say, suddenly, suddenly, Jesus was standing there amongst them. And what's the first thing he says? He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. I like that it happened suddenly. I like that Jesus, it didn't matter if there were barred doors or weren't barred doors or any barriers. It didn't matter, man. He makes it through all that. And he was there suddenly. That suddenly tells me that there was a supernatural thing that's happening here. That suddenly in your life, peace can come independent of your fears. Suddenly the person of peace can come and be in your life independent of what the circumstances are telling you. It can happen suddenly. Suddenly, and he can speak peace. And it tells me too that he's gracious, that God understands what you're going through. He's not a God that doesn't sympathize with all of your mental turmoil, with the moments that you have fear and you're not moving forward. Because he comes to him again. He comes to Mary, he comes to them again. So Jesus again said to them, well, it says in verse 20, it says, and when he had said this, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. It said in, 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 uh, the, new, in the New American Standard version of that verse, if we could look at that, it says that they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. There's something beautiful about that word rejoice. You gotta rejoice sometimes. 
You gotta, you gotta have, maybe you had some joy, but you gotta rejoin. You gotta have joy again. You gotta look at something, look at the right thing, and have some rejoy. All right? Because sometimes we're looking at the wrong things and we're not having any rejoy. We gotta have some rejoy, some joy again when we look at why do they have joy? Because they looked at the hands and the feet and they saw that he was alive. We saw that everything he had prophesied of was coming to pass. His hands and his feet and the wounds on his side, they represented that what he said was true. They represented that his covenant was true, that he was living and real and, and the death had not won. See, what we're looking at matters, family. You want to have some peace? You want to have some joy? What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. The first three, love, joy, peace. I'd say there's some power in peace. I'd say there's some power in love. I want you guys not to be oppressed by the division, by the discord, by the, the conflict of peacelessness. I want you to walk in the power of his peace. Amen. You see, we can put our peace in a lot of things, but if we don't recognize the suddenly of his peace that can come into your life and intercept whatever circumstance you're in, we're not walking in, in supernatural peace. He showed them his hands and they re Joyce, family, what are you looking at? What is your, your eye portal receiving and taking in? You know, we can rejoice. See, these disciples, the, the refreshing thing about it is these disciples saw it all. They saw the miracles. They were right there. But they needed to rejoice. And what does this tell me? Jesus is gracious enough to say again in verse 21. He says, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. He says it again. He showed them. He's only said two different things. Peace to you and peace to you. Twice. Peace to you, peace to you. Here, peace to you. Look at my hands, look at my feet, look at my sides. And peace to you. This tells me it's okay. Sometimes we've got to repeat some things. If you want to have some peace, sometimes you've got to repeat some things to yourself. Sometimes you've got to hear his confession about you and confess it back to him. You've got to echo what he's, his word is to you. He says, peace to you. He says it twice. And he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. See what peace does. Peace is a propeller. Peace propels us. When, we walk, when we're in peace, when we have a bubble of peace, I got a lot of people call me, man. They, they call me. I got a couple of people that call me about their relationship. You know, this happened, that happened, this, that, you know, this drama, this, she, she did this, she said that, she, she and I, I, I uh, this one situation where I just thought, man, you gotta, you gotta, well, let's all work to get a bubble of peace. Let's all, let's all, let's be independent of what the person is doing to us. Let's learn to walk in supernatural peace and to still be sent, to still move forward, independent of what is going on around you, independent of what the person next to you is doing. See, people, the world needs to see, it needs to be ministered to by peacemakers, people who are of the Prince of Peace. Peace is not a weak thing. Yeah. Too often the world says peace is weak. Peace has power. Yeah. Peace sends us. Yeah. See, when we have peace, we're not going to stay shuttered up behind locked doors. We're going to go out with some peace. Yeah. 
I got some peace. I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried about that. You know, he said he came to bring the sword too. But he said, the, he said, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Uh, that doesn't look like a weak version of peace to me. It looks like a strong version of peace that moves and, and operates and has, makes a difference in this world. Family, we're being robbed of our peace because we're looking at the wrong things. We're hearing the wrong things. We're not hearing the right things enough. And we're not letting peace propel us. You ask any, any, anybody who's done anything great in their life, there are voices that will come to try to limit you and hold you back. Just like they did to the disciples here. They're going to try to bar you in. They're going to say, no, 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 that's too hard. That's too, no, don't go talk to that person. Don't go evangelize. I have conversations with some of my evangelist friends. And, and you know, they tell me about their internal dialogue. And sometimes, you know, it's not a good time or it's busy or whatever. But don't you know that when you do listen to the voice of peace that says, you know what? The Prince of Peace is in you and you got to minister some of that peace. There's some power there. There's some power when you get out in peace and when you're sent in peace. The other thing I want to point to is he says, as the Father send me, I send you. Just the same way. Just the same way. As. There's no difference in the way the Father sent Jesus in the way that he's sending us. You see, there's no differentiation. And he goes and says, and, and, and what does he do next? He breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Yes. Family, the true peace, supernatural peace, is of the Holy Spirit. That's right. It is of the Holy Spirit. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a spiritual gift. It is something we're to walk in that's supernatural, that's outside of the parameters of circumstance and convention. It is a peace beyond understanding. That kind of peace is a peace from the Spirit. We can't go in that kind of peace without the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. This, he breathes on them. Uh, you know, sometimes we all think Acts is the only time they receive the, it looks like they received the Holy Spirit right here. They got sent. Receive it. He breathes on them. He sends them. And then what does he tell them? He says, he said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. You see, why does he say that? He says that because that was a difficult thing the Pharisees did not receive. You know, when, when, when the Pharisees were bickering about Jesus, one of the things they wonder, what authority are you forgiving sins? By what name? How are you forgiving? What gives you the power to forgive? And what I like about this part is Jesus goes to the extreme. He's like, you got the power, the same power to do the extreme like I did. All those things that people are saying, no, 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 you can do them too. They were saying no to me. They're, they're, you're, you're the same power. You have the same ability to forgive. He goes radical with it right away. He doesn't just say, oh, yeah, you guys can, you know, heal a couple people or this or that, that they were accepting. But he says, no, you can forgive sins. And you can, you can, you can forgive sins just like I forgave sins. Because you have the same authority. And just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. You see, that's peace. Peace is power. Peace is authority. 
See, there's some scriptures that back all of this up. Our, our, our first point from this, this message here is we need to understand that peace is a supernatural gift and a covenant right. See, C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. Peace in difficulties. How do you react to stuff? Are reacting out of the peace of the Holy Spirit? How do you deal with hardship? How do you deal with pressure? What are you tapping into? Are you tapping into, I'm, I'm all for keeping your body healthy, I'm all for breathing mechanism, I'm all for whatever tools you have, but if you're not tapping into the spirit of the Holy Jesus, the Holy God, you're missing the mark. You're not gonna have the kind of peace that speaks in a supernatural way. See, these things I have spoken to you, John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. See, peace is not the absence of trouble. It's not the absence of, uh, of tribulation. He's spoken to us so we could have some peace. That tells me i got to listen. He's spoken, so I, that means i got to hear and receive what he's saying and let him speak to me again and again and again, just like he did to the disciples. Don't you know in this story, Jesus comes back again because Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas said, oh, unless I see it, unless I put my hands in it. And Jesus comes back again after nine days and he shows himself to Thomas. And he said, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Can we be those people that believe without putting our hands in Jesus' sides? We'll be people that walk in faith, that receive his spoken word. It says in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 10, look at this. For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you. And my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. It's a covenant of peace that cannot be shaken, family. It's a covenant right. If you're disturbed and anxious and fearful and full of anxiety, take a hold of your covenant right that cannot be shaken. The mountains may move. The hills may shake. But not my peace that stands in Jesus and his power. Come on. You have to believe the second point in this story that I see is that you got to believe that Jesus wants you to have peace, that God wants you to have peace. He didn't just come to Mary. He didn't just come to the disciples. He didn't just come to the disciples again. He came to Tom. He wants them to be in peace. He's pursuing peace. He's on their behalf. He's being gracious and saying, you know what? You, you should have had peace. Already. You know, he, didn't, he didn't condemn them and say, no, you should have had all this peace. He just keeps coming and says, peace to you, peace to you. Peace to you, Thomas. He says, it, he says it those three, and then, then to Mary Magdalene, he gives her some peace. He pursues. You see, what changed there? Not the outside circumstances. So, much, so many of us were waiting for the circumstances to change. You know, when this happens, I'll get some peace. When I got enough money saved up, I'll have some peace. When, when so-and-so, uh, Susie Q, my, my, my cousin, starts acting nice, I'll have some peace. You know, when, when, uh, when you know, my, my husband or my wife starts, starts you know, being the way that I, I thought they would be when I married. No, 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 family. Don't wait for things to change. You be at peace. Amen. 
in a supernatural way. The word, the presence, and the perspective of Jesus bring peace in this story. You see, it says in Psalms chapter 29 and verse 11, it says, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And in Isaiah, when it talks about Jesus and the child being born in chapter 9 and verse 6 and 7, it says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. What else? Prince of Peace. His domain is peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. you're having a diminishing peace, you're not living in his government. You're not living in the fullness of what he, he wants you to just keep increasing with peace. He wants as your years go by, not for your troubles to increase. Uh, well, your troubles might increase, but he wants your peace to increase bigger than any troubles. He wants you to increase in peace in his government. His government is a government of peace because he's the prince of it. And that's what he, he, he spreads out. Peace in his governance. Number three, we've got to shift what we're looking at. We saw that earlier. We've got to rejoice. We've got to look at the finished work of Jesus. We've got to look at the finished work of Jesus. You can rejoice when you shift your focus. He has them look at his scars, the proof that the cross was finished work of Jesus. We who were far, who were at war with God, the division is broken. You see, the other thing is, if we were at war with God and we have peace now with God, how grateful should we be? How much should we be administers of peace? If we really recognize that we had enmity, like I shared in, in, in our communion time, if we had enmity, if we had a, a violent relationship, if we had rage, if we had, we had adversity, between us and God, and now we're in peace with Him, how much should we be beacons of peace, peacemakers in the world around us? You know, you, you need to be able, in step number four, to hear things twice. You need to be open and willing. So many people, I hear them say, well, I've heard that before. I've heard that. That's the same message. I've heard that. You know, I've heard that. You know, Jesus repeats the same thing over and over. Have peace. Be of peace. We need to be able to be humble enough to receive softly the same word a few times. And over and over and over and over again. Because don't you know that the world is bombarding us with their stuff over and over and over and over and over and over. We've got to double up on what he's speaking to us. We've got to filter out what's important. You know, faith comes by hearing. It says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, and hearing of the Word of God. You got to hear and hear, hear and hear, hear and hear of the Word of God. Peace is power. We said that point number five. It's we're, we've been commissioned for limitless, unimpeded greatness in our lives. Lives that are sent, lives that are apostle. You know what the apostle means in the Greek? It means to be sent. How can you be sent without peace? How can you be sent without a spirit of peace on you? 
You can be sent. You can be an apostle. You can be, you can be a true apostle when you got some peace. People are not looking for people that are full of fear and anxiety, my friends. People need some anchors in their life. So, consider the blameless. Observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace in Psalms 37, verse 37. A future awaits. There's power in your future when you seek peace. Your peace is your ministry. Point number six, it's your ministry, family. It says uh, in Acts chapter four and verse 13, after these disciples were, had received and were sent, it, sa- it says of them, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, it says they perceived they were uneducated, untrained men, and they marveled, and they realized what? That they had been with Jesus. Yes. You see, when you've been with Jesus, when you're spending time with him, you've got some courage You've got some peace. You've got some wisdom. Amen? Amen. He reconciled us and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation to others. We were reconciled. You can look at it later. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20. We've been reconciled to God so we can serve under the ministry of reconciliation. We were given peace. We were brought into peace with God so we could then bring peace to others and put them in peace with Jesus and God. Don't hold that peace to yourself, family. That peace is meant to be a weapon. True peace is of the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them, the Holy Spirit. Your family, you saw what the gift of the Holy Spirit is. And then the last part of that where we normally read about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. It says in Galatians chapter, chapter 5 and verse 26 in the Amplified It says this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 26. It says, let us not become what? After he's told about all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, let us not become what? Vainglorious and self-conceited. That word for self-conceited in the Greek is empty glory. Kenodoxy. Empty glory. People that are full of empty glory. You know, there's a lot of that going on around here. I'm not talking to you. I've, you know... The boastful thing of like vain glory, of empty glory. No, our glory is to be in the fruit of the Spirit. Our glory is to be in the Spirit running and emanating from us and bringing fruit everywhere we go, not in what we talk about and what we feel like we've done in our own strength. Let our glory be in this fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say competitive, challenging. We see a lot of that these days. Compet- competition, provoking, irritating one another, envying and being jealous of one another. Family, if you are full of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you call on the Holy Spirit to flow through your life and you recognize the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't have a need for all that. Amen. And he gives family not as the world gives. He gives peace not as the world gives. It says, peace I leave you in John chapter 14. Peace I leave with you. This is, these are some of his last words before he leaves the disciples. This is an important thing, guys. Some of his last words. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives you. See, how does the world give sometimes? They expect something back, yeah, right? right? Yeah. He doesn't expect something back. He's giving it freely. I give you my peace freely. Yeah. Peace, the world gives sometimes only if you deserve it. They feel like you deserve it. No, God gives freely. 
He gives you a peace. He gives to the disciples, even when they were barred up, even when they had seen all the miracles and they were still fearful, he gives them peace. He comes to bring you peace in, in a supernatural, suddenly kind of way. You can call on his peace today. You can recognize his peace. You can receive his peace through the word of God. And finally, point number eight, his peace makes us like him, full of his authority and boldness. Family, when we see people through his perspective, we regard no one according to the flesh. Amen. We have the ability and the authority and the power to see people as he sees them. Even though we have known Christ, according, we, we don't know him like this any longer. We see people in a supernatural way. You see, his peace gives us the ability to have a shifted perspective on the people around us and to walk in his authority, to forgive people, to heal people, to bring revival in our land, not to be locked up, not to be limited by the walls that we've put around ourselves. And here's the clincher, family. The clincher is this. What does peace even mean? What is the Greek word for peace? It comes from two ancient words. It comes from the word iro, which means to fasten, and ritra, which is a verbal agreement. Iro ritra, a verbal agreement or a treaty. Family, that's the message right there. You want to know how to have peace in your life? You want to know how to operate in peace in this area, in your relationship, in your finances? Fasten yourself. Fasten yourself to the right thing. Fasten yourself to Christ Jesus. Fasten yourself to his word. Fasten yourself to his person, his presence, his power. Fasten yourself to his promise. What does pastor say? Pastor gives the message of them getting over on the boat. What did they have? They didn't take inventory. They had too much faith in the weather being good. Their peace was in the weather being good. When the disciples were crossing over on the boat and Jesus was sleeping on the pillow. He's sleeping on the pillow of his word, of his declaration that they're going to make it to the other side. What did they have? They had the promise that Jesus gave them. They had the person of Jesus and the very presence of Jesus. And they had the power of Jesus with them. You see, sometimes we're not fastening ourselves to the promise of Jesus, the word of God, the law of God. It says, great peace will they have them who, whose mind is stayed on me. Those who love my law will be of great peace, an unperturbed composure. How do you, you want some unperturbed composure? Let's fasten ourselves to the right stuff. Fasten yourself to Jesus, his, his promise, his person, his power. Fasten, fasten, it's a word. You know, one time I, I got, I, got I don't know what stupid idea it was. I got, I got fastened to a, a roller coaster out in Thailand. You know, a big old goofy guy like me. I got into the roller coaster and, and it was like tiny. And then they fastened me in. I, I could hardly get out. We've got to fasten ourselves to Jesus. Fasten ourselves to his promise. Fasten ourselves to his person and his presence in our life. You see, the opposite is at work. The devil is at work trying to breed dissension. That's one of his main things that he likes to do, breed dissension. You see, it says in Romans chapter 16 and verse 17, I urge you, brethren, in the New American Standard, Keep your eye on those who do what? Who cause dissensions and hindrances. Yeah. 
You know that word for dissensions in the Greek, it's a very powerful word. It, it comes from dicha istimin. Dicha meaning separate, without, different, against, or outside. Outside, dicha, separate. Istimin is a stance or standing or presence. See, the enemy is trying to get us outside, get us to separate from the right standing in his presence. He's trying to disconnect you from the presence and the word and the standing in him. He's trying to separate you and get you outside. That's one of his goals. He's trying to breed that dissension. That's why when you hear people talk negative, negative about leaders and the word and, and, and things that are wrong and all the complaints. Why is it so important to avoid that? Because it, what it does is it gets us outside of the very presence of the power that we need to cling to, that we need to fasten ourselves to so we can have some peace. Fasten ourselves to it. We've got to fasten. We can't be separated. That's the devil is trying to separate you. You know, you think it's all just, you know, gossip is just such a, you know, it's such a, a thing that we're so casual about. We're so casual about it. You know, like, oh, you know, yeah, we can talk, talk some smack or talk this or talk that or just, you know, I, I have people that call me, they want to, they say they want to pray about somebody. I had this one person call me. I had to tell her, I had to tell her no, you know, that's, we got to work on, on us first. Amen. You know? Amen. We can pray for people, but let's work on us. You know, let's not, let's not use prayer as a guise to talk negative about people. Amen. Come on now, let's not, breathe, let's not be a part of that. Because all that does is it gets people out of the alignment of where they're supposed to be fastened to their standing in Christ Jesus. The devil is trying to do that, family. Why is he working so hard? Because he knows how powerful it is to be in right standing in his presence. He knows how powerful it is for Christians to be fastened and clinging to his word. I'm going to leave you with this as we close. There's a, a story in the book of Hebrews where it's describing how do we enter his rest. In Hebrews chapter 4, and you can go through this on your own. I'm just going to pull out a couple of things. Hebrews chapter 4, 1 through 14. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to unite to his word and faith. He's talking about how the children of Israel, when they came to this place called Meribah, it says they were quarreling. And it says they, that the Lord spoke against them. He said, he swore in his wrath, they shall not enter his rest. Why? Because they were quarreling about the water that was a deficit of water. But it, but it says in, in verse 3, it says, Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. We're supposed to be in rest, family. We're supposed to be entering into his rest. Before the foundation of the world, he finished it all. He finished it all. It was all done. But the, but the only way we don't enter his rest is by the quarreling we allow to come into our minds to pull us away from his promise. So he gave the children of Israel a promise that they were going to come into the land of milk and honey. But then they started quarreling. How many times in my life I, I, I've had peace about something. I've had Holy Spirit peace. And then some quarreling comes in. And oh, but maybe not. Maybe no, no, that doesn't. No, 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 yeah. 
I, I remember I was supposed to be playing professional basketball. And I was offered a contract and some internal quarreling about, no, I should be, you know, they should offer me more or this or that. And I missed out on an opportunity because of some quarreling, even though initially I had peace about an offer. Right? We allow, God works everything for good, praise God. But we allow, we can allow quarreling to intercept the peace of God, which should be the referee and the umpire in our lives. The peace of God, the Holy Spirit peace. Don't allow, don't allow the conflicting voices to steal your peace and to take you off course like Meribah. Meribah, the word Meribah means quarreling. They had a promise ahead of them, but they got to quarreling about whether the promise was real. And they, di they didn't enter the rest, but we are meant to enter the rest. Go on and read that passage. We're meant to enter rest of God. His work is finished in your life. You can take peace in the fact that his work is already finished in your life. Family, love you. Let's stand in that. I'm going to believe with you for some peace. Let's just pray on that quick before we close. Father, we don't want to miss out on this peace. We want to hear your word. We want to cling to your word. We want to fasten ourselves to your presence. We want to receive the sudden intervention of your peace. We believe that by the Holy Spirit, we can receive the powerful destiny ordained on us by peace. We're not going to be tossed to and fro anymore. We're not going to be bounced back and forth, but we're going to be standing in peace independent of our circumstances. Receive your peace today, Lord God. Let us be soft to hear your word over and over and over again. Let us have soft hearts. Let the portals of our heart, Lord God, the portal of our, of our mind, Lord God, be protected by the peace beyond understanding. Right now, we bring our prayers, our supplications to you with thanksgiving that aligns us with you. So that the peace of God, which passes all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. Family, I right now, say, say this, I declare, I declare that my mind, that my, mind that, my heart, that my heart is guarded by the peace of God. The peace that is supernatural, beyond understanding. And I will have the things I pray for. Because my verbal agreement is aligning with the covenant promise of Jesus. I will have peace in my relationships. I declare peace in my finances. I declare provision according to the riches of Christ Jesus. I declare health and peace in my body according to the stripes of Jesus. I declare influence according to the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I declare that my life is at peace in every way and every day, independent of what's going on. In Jesus' name.
Family, if you, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He is the author of peace. He is the Prince of Peace. You need to receive Him first so you can start to walk in this. This is just a picture of how great it can be in your life. Receive Him today. If you haven't, just bow your head with me and it's real simple. Just say, Jesus, Jesus. please say it with me. Jesus, Jesus. I receive you as the Prince of Peace in my life. Thank you for bringing me at peace with God my Father. I receive you. I receive your presence. I receive your spirit. I receive your adoption. And the payment you made for my sins. To be free forever. And in your household. Thank you. Amen. If you, if you prayed that today, we got a book we want to put in your hands. I believe you're supposed to walk in this every day. Amen. I believe you're supposed to walk in this peace every way. Receive this book in the back as you go out. One of our team members will give it to you. Chandler, why don't you help close us out? Thanks, my brother.